been a while since we've recorded anything from out of our minds. We were, my wife and I were over in Taiwan and when we got back, we had a family wedding and then we've had vacations and I have to admit, I've been a little bit lazy recovering from being out of the country most of the last year. So I apologize. I'm sorry that I have not kept up with these blog posts, but today I'm starting. This is recordings of Out of Our Minds blog posts. I have a backlog, and I will start with one that is titled, What is Beautiful Worship? It's by Pastor Alex McNeely. The date is May 12th, 2023. A couple of weeks ago, I chaperoned a field trip to the Cathedral Basilica of the Assumption in Covington, Kentucky. Built at the turn of the 20th century, it was modeled in the Gothic style after the Abbey Church of Saint-Denis and the Cathedral of Notre-Dame, both in Paris. Though not as formidable as its predecessors, the place is still breathtaking. Stained-glass windows, 82 of them, fill the expansive walls. Gorgeous stone sculptures and wood carvings greet you at every turn. Green and white marble floors inlaid with brass spread underneath your feet, making it feel as if you're on the very road to heaven, especially as you gaze upward at the soaring vaulted ceilings and the angels they contain. As our tour group was about to leave, a professional organist arrived to practice for a wedding that weekend, and he played beautifully Johann Sebastian Bach's Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring on the cathedral's organ with its 3,863 pipes resounding in perfect harmony. What glory! I couldn't help but compare this sensuous experience to the space in which our own church worships. It's not, shall we say, aesthetically pleasing. It's a gym. The colors on our walls don't come from stained glass, but from quirky school spirit banners, and instead of stone-carved cherubim, Observing our worship from celestial ceilings were overshadowed by steel beams and huge exposed HVAC ducts. Where would you rather worship? I must confess that my heart was filled with reverence and awe as I walked into that stunning cathedral. It made me want to be a part of whatever goes on there. I wanted to stay for hours and gape at the galaxy of artistic detail that enveloped me as I sat in the beautiful oak pews. But there was one catch. The entire sanctuary was filled with idols. Idols upon idols, in fact. Truth be told, the main reason people go there at all is to see and admire the works of man's hands, not the works of God. And sadly, even those who do go to commune with God find themselves instead bowing their knees to graven images or offering prayers to the body parts of dead saints. The whole place is a house of spiritual death. When I walk into the gym on a Sunday morning to set up for our service, I am not filled with awe, 
My soul is not elevated by the mechanical whir of motors lifting basketball goals into their less distracting positions among the rafters. And there's not much glory in arranging black plastic chairs on a dizzying array of intersecting out-of-bounds lines. But as the time for worship approaches, God's people begin to gather, and then together they offer fervent prayers to God. They joyfully sing praises to the name of Jesus Christ, and they faithfully listen to the preaching of God's word. Which sanctuary is more beautiful? After our field trip, I mentioned the spiritual death of the Cathedral Basilica to another parent on the field trip. She acknowledged the truth of what I said, but she expressed a longing to be able to have that kind of aesthetic beauty in worship, even though we're not Roman Catholics. Quote, can't we have both? Unquote, she asked. What do you think? Can you have both beautiful aesthetics and the presence of God's Spirit in worship? Here's my answer. Sometimes God graciously grants both. He may grant an impressive building to a faithful church. He may grant skillful musicians to a humble congregation. And yet, Scripture clearly teaches you can't set your heart on both. Many Christians fall into the trap of thinking they can safely devote themselves to the kingdom of Jesus Christ and to the pursuit of earthly fading glory. But Jesus says you cannot serve two masters because either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and aesthetics. And then a footnote by Pastor McNeely at this point. He writes, of course, what our Lord said was, quote, you cannot serve God and wealth, unquote, Matthew 6, 24. But do you know what you get when you take a tour of a bona fide basilica? Endless descriptions of how many millions of dollars it took to replace that matchless white marble, to acquire that hand-etched glass from Germany, to finish that facade with the rose window that looks so much like Notre Dame's decadent aesthetics and the pursuit of wealth go hand in hand. And then that's the end of the footnote. In the main post, Pastor McNeely brings it to an end, saying, for one thing, outward beauty quickly fades away. Just look at Notre Dame. Men may succeed in rebuilding her famous spire, but in the end, even Our Lady of Paris will be nothing more than a pile of rubble. Quote, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 31 verse 30 from the New International Version. So what does make worship beautiful in God's sight. I plan to spend the next installment or two of these writings exploring some of Scripture's answers to that question. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor and support this and other Warhorn podcasts by doing two things. First, tell your friends they can subscribe to audio recordings of Warhorn posts And second, support our teaching by clicking on the Patreon link at our warhornmedia.com homepage. Until next time, stay warm or cool, depending on where you are in the world. Devote yourself to loving your neighbor and love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is Tim Bailey saying thank you for giving us a listen. Goodbye.